0: To me, he's number one right now. If I'm looking for a quarterback, I want Jalen Hurts.
1: On this episode of Against the Grain, we'll evaluate all the first and second year quarterbacks with a QB expert, and we'll talk to a Bears fan to find out what he thinks about the Mitchell Trubisky injury. All right, let's go. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Against the grain. Here's
2: Andrew Perloff.
3: Against
1: the grain. Welcome to the Against the Grain podcast. Week four is in the books, except for tonight's Steelers-Bengals game, which I will be the only one in America watching to see how the Andy Dalton-Zack Taylor combo can do against the fearsome Pittsburgh Steelers. Mario, the producer, are you going to be watching that at all? Probably not.
2: I mean, I'll tune into it just to see...
1: Yeah, you're about baseball.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll tune into it just to see what's going on. Oh, I, I don't have any fantasy implications on this. There's no way I'm So bet on it. I, have, I had a tough week. Oh, but, yeah,
1: <laughs> I lost
2: I lost a couple of bets this week. Nothing that
1: you heard on this podcast, I hope.
2: No, 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 no. I put a couple of parlays in that I thought maybe, you know. Yeah, but you can't lose
1: that game. much on a parlay.
2: Yeah, but I put a couple $20 here, there. Oh, big up. spender. Yeah.
1: Big spender. So this weekend, I was at the Giants-Redskins game. Uh, I knew uh, I knew before the game the Redskins were in trouble. So my guy, Case Keenum, had been injured all week. Uh, it was reported he missed practice Wednesday. He was in bad shape, but you come to find out, Terry McLaurin, their number one receiver, rookie out of Ohio State, Brandon Sheriff, the center, everybody is out. Six guys are out. Keenum gets out there, can't really run fully, and Jay Gruden, the coach, pulls him for Dwayne Haskins. Now, I thought Dwayne Haskins actually looked okay, but three picks in his first game, this is a bit of a disaster for the Redskins because they do not, A, they don't have the supporting cast, and B, their schedule's ridiculous. I mean, you're going to put that guy who only played one season at Ohio State in against New England, whose defense is setting records right now. It's exactly what you don't want as a franchise. It actually made me think, well, geez, if the Redskins keep heading in this direction, are they going to be like 2-14, and 1-15, 0-16? Are they going to be challenging the Dolphins for the number one pick? And if so, you know, what are they going to They have so many needs that I think they would trade down for someone coming up to get Justin Herbert or Tua. They, I mean, they desperately need help at receiver. They desperately need a pass rusher. Now, Ryan Kerrigan, I think, has gotten old. They need help all over the place. Offensive line, Trent Williams is not there. On the other side of the ball, Daniel Jones, man. First of all, Eli, who (laughs) I saw so many Jones jerseys. Do you hear like you? You know, you live in the New York area. Remember, like when they made the decision to bench Eli, there was like ah, some people were still sticking up for him. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine how out of place you would sound if you said, you know, I still think we should go back to Eli?
2: Yeah, I don't think you'd be amongst the majority there. Yeah, he. I mean, just two games in, and he's shown what he could do. He's mobile. Oh my God, he got
1: out of plays Eli couldn't even dream, except for Eli in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. There, was, there were tackles that Jones got out of. I wonder if he could stay healthy at that pace. But I love, I love what Pat Shermer is doing. I'm into this Giants team. They're, in my opinion, definitely going to end up third in that division behind the Cowboys and Eagles. But a lot to be hopeful for. Golden Tate coming back. You know, they don't have a lot of weapons. Uh, Saquon eventually coming back should be interesting. But to me, it's a tale of two rookies. It's Daniel Jones in the perfect spot for him. Dwayne Haskins in a very imperfect spot. Uh, I really think it's going to be a tough year for him, which will put him in a weird position. Probably a new coach next year. Maybe you get like a Lincoln Riley or somebody like an offensive genius. But I don't know if they want to go to Washington, an f- organization that frankly has had a really, really hard time for a decade now. So who who's the offensive genius that's going to get in there? All of a sudden, it's like Josh Rosen. You get in the wrong spot and your career sort of goes the wrong way. That being said, I mean, maybe Haskins will get in there and play better. Maybe Case Keenum will come back. I think he uh, had some opportunities. I think they might have gotten back in the game if he'd stayed. It was ridiculous to pull him. He he always has two or three, like, if he drives in the beginning and then settles down. I think he would have made that a much closer game than Haskins. Uh, not to criticize Jay Gruden, but I'm mm-hmm. doing that. Not that anyone's stick up for Jay Gruden. Mm-hmm. And then Kyler Murray, the other rookie quarterback, well, one of two rookie quarterbacks, has done nothing. I don't know where the air rate is. And Gardner Minshew looks really good. So... It's a very interesting working quarterback class. I wanted to have a guy from the athletic, Emery Hunt, uh, who is a former college running back who's done a lot of scouting, come back on. He came, Early in the season, he said, Lamar Jackson is the best guy from the 2018 class. And I said, really? I had a Baker Mayfield? This was, you know, main Baker Mayfield hype time. Everyone's all about Baker this, Baker that, Baker for MVP. And I said, really? Lamar Jackson? I mean, after last year? And so far, I, I don't... I think he's been the top quarterback in that class. Although, yesterday's game? Yesterday's game against Cleveland. None of them, they all look like second year quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, nobody except, nobody looks like Mahomes except for Mahomes. I've noticed this trend in the media. Because of Mahomes, maybe, or just because of passing in general, you have to be perfect or you're going to get ripped. Oh, yeah. They're shredding Jared Goff throws for 517 yards, has three picks in the Rams, lost to the Bucks, and they're making it sound like he had one of the worst games in NFL history. Uh, it's, it, the bar is so high for quarterbacks except we pick and choose then a, Kyle Allen wins a really close defensive game, everyone's like, ooh, Kyle Allen's good for the Panthers, Gardner Minshew kind of gets lucky against the Broncos ooh, Gardner Minshew's really good A, we take sample sizes that are way too small and B, I feel like we have different expectations yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins gets paid 84 million, so the expectations are high, he has been bad but, even a bad quarterback Mario, do you know how hard it is to play quarterback in the NFL?
2: Uh, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, neither do I, but it looks a lot harder.
2: flag football. That was tough.
1: Yeah, flag football is tough. <laughs> but imagine if, instead of your friends from high school, if it was a 250-pound muscular man running a 4 five forty coming at your face, you get the snap, take five steps, and turn around, and Cleo Mack is standing right there. Do you think you could throw an accurate pass 25 yards downfield?
2: Probably not.
1: Now, no, you have a good arm, too. Yeah, I
2: can sling it a bit, but you no. Can,
1: yeah, I think quarterbacks way harder. And I, I hear these people in the media rip these quarterbacks, like some of these nerds in the media. <laughs> like, dude, you can rip Kirk Cousins all you want. That guy is a better athlete than you will ever dream of. And he's one of the better. I mean, you don't throw for 4,500 yards in the NFL and not have some skill as a quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm overly nice to quarterbacks, but all this, this he's terrible. Everyone except Mahomes is terrible and Brady. And it took a while to get there with Brady. So if you're not Brady or Mahomes, you're terrible. I just can't accept that. I'm gonna I'm gonna plant my flag. And I also wanna have our buddy Paul Paps on because another guy, Mitch Trubisky, who actually I've been a little critical of, he gets hurt. Chase Daniel comes in. You know, like he's an NFL quarterback. I think you could win some games with Chase Daniel. So I, I'm pro quarterback. I'm gonna be the rare media member who's not gonna not gonna criticize quarterbacks. I give them some love. It's about time. They get some credit. I mean, everybody else gets credit, but never the quarterback, Mario.
2: No, never quarterback.
1: All right, let's jump into it right now, right here on the Against the Green podcast. All right, Paul, so I hit you in the middle of the Bears game and said, <laughs> I quote, now that's a lucky break for the Bears. Trubisky got hurt. Now you said, ha I sense that you
3: were maybe a little bit sensitive. I feel like you've been a Trubisky defender up until this point. Well, I think you have to look at uh, if you're a Bears fan, as I am, You have to look at the Trubisky situation. You could look at it two ways. You could have the leftover uh, anger of trading up for Mitch Trubisky, which you probably didn't need to do, taking over Patrick Mahomes, who Patrick Mahomes is on pace (laughs) to be the greatest quarterback of all time. That's not hyperbole. No. He he is on pace to be the greatest quarterback.
1: And Deshaun Watson's probably a
3: better quarterback behind him, too. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh,
1: come on. Deshaun had a nice start, but he's cooled off a little bit. What do you— you're telling me that you think
3: Trubisky is in the com- in competition with Deshaun? Deshaun's way better. No, I think Trubisky is. I think last season, Trubisky's numbers were very good. I will bet you they're equal to Mahomes or better efficiency-wise. You mean Watson? I'm oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, Watson. Yeah, I'm sorry. So you're saying that some of this Trubisky
1: stuff is ancient history about the draft. It's, and like, if you're a Bears fan or an NFL fan, you shouldn't focus
3: on that. Well, it's impossible not to because you're looking at Trubisky and you're looking at him. Look at what Mahomes doing. Look what we paid for to him. Those days are over now. You you have what you have, and I don't think he's a bad quarterback at all. And the only way a guy like him, I think, unless he makes a dramatic step up, Perloff, is going to win a Super Bowl is if he has one of the best defenses of the league around him. He does. Lucky for him, and lucky for us Bears fans, we have an unbelievable defense that's all paid for. You know, these guys are there. Akeem Hicks, uh, obviously yeah. Mac. The but next they were
1: year. there last year and they didn't win a playoff game.
3: No, no. But he also at home. He'd also had about. 15 starts in his career at this juncture um, before he got his first playoff start. Look, I don't know if he's going to ever win or lose a playoff game for him, but I don't think he's going to lose playoff games either. I think he's an above-average quarterback. No, I shouldn't say above-average. I think he's a solid quarterback who's pretty gutsy. He's pretty good when he runs. Uh, He's got to be smarter with the ball. But, I mean, the Bears' bar for quarterbacks is so damn low, it doesn't bother me that much. I don't think about him.
1: Okay. By the way, Deshaun Watson's numbers are crazy. Last year? Last year, Deshaun Watson threw twenty six touchdowns and nine interceptions at a one three one rating and a sixty nine percent completion percentage. Okay. He I mean he What was Trubisky's? All right. Well that'll take me a second, but the thing about Watson, what doesn't show up in the stats is that he takes sacks. Yeah. But he, he, he holds the ball a lot in the pocket and gets hit way more than Trubisky. I think, I got to be honest, I think you're going way against the grain to say that Trubisky's in the same category as Watson. Same
3: category, not better. See, I
1: think most people, I think most people, at least the narrative is, that Watson's way better. Okay, last year, for example, Trubisky was 24 touchdowns, 12 picks, 67% percentage, so similar numbers. Same neighborhood. Same neighborhood. They both run a lot, but they both are constant injury risk, which gets me to Chase Daniel, by the way. Is Chase Daniel enough to that same formula where you just said we know Chase Daniel? We've mm-hmm. seen him, you know. You remember him back to Missouri, so do I. Is he enough to to you know to have the same formula where you win with an okay quarterback yes. play and a great defense? I
3: absolutely. I, this doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I want to have Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, that's when all I saw I Chase Daniels, I look at Chase Daniel as a high end backup. Yeah. Ton of confidence. This is also a guy Chase Daniel makes it himself. This is it, man. I may get the reins here for a couple of weeks. I'm never getting my own team those days have passed. The ship has sailed. But I don't even know if he could keep Mitch Trubisky on the bench unless he won four in a row and played really, really well. But I don't even think he could do that. Uh, I'm very happy with him as a backup. This team is Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen, and that's about it on offense, and they're going to have to win it with defense
1: like they did. So we see in Jacksonville, for example, some people are saying Gardner Minshew should keep the job over Nick Foles. Any chance that that develops, say Daniel, you know, one thing about Daniel, the guy's a winner. He won at Missouri. Right. Like we, you know, I, I think he's a
3: gutsy guy. I think he might be a more accurate passer than Trubisky. I, I would go with that. But here's yeah. the problem. Chase Daniel's window to have his own team has passed him by. Gardner Minshew is young and fresh and could have a future. Chase Daniel has no future in the NFL except for backing up a couple young quarterbacks. Yeah, get, but
1: your window is now if you're the Bears.
3: Right. Right. But Chase Daniel's going to have to play real well over the next three weeks. Let's say let's say Mitch Trubisky's out this week, and I think they have a bye after that. So he may not even give get two off, two starts out of this. So Trubisky's entering is he's in his third year. He'll be up for negotiations
1: starting this off season. Yeah. What if you're not gonna? Are you going to pay him, or do you just need to see way
3: more? Well, they're not going to pay him early like they did with uh, the like Rams Carson did, and Goff. Yeah. yeah, Rams with Goff, because those guys seem pretty set at quarterback and. We've seen them play high end football. We haven't seen Trubisky play high end football as a passer. So I would understand the Bears say we got to wait, and we may even have to throw a franchise on you, like we did with Kirk Cousins, and then bail. Right. Who's who's making? By the way, who's making fun of the Redskins now for bailing on Kirk Cousins? Well, no one. But the Redskins are not in great shape. No, but they did try. They did use the franchise tag to pay him at a high rate and keep him and test drive him for two more years. Right. And they didn't commit seventy seven million guaranteed dollars. Right, and
1: you know Trubisky since he was a first round pick, he they have him five years under contract. Then they can tag him, so they could keep him six years if sure. they wanted. It feels like he might be like Mariota and Winston. What do you think about Chase Daniel? You, I mean, he doesn't. So I'm a Chase Danielite. Sure, me too. You know, I like you know, I like my medium size, <laughs> average athleticism. Big at Twelve. Point. He's basically Case Keenum point two point oh. Yeah, like a little more beefy Case Keenum. Yeah, i bit around- actually I've been around him at. I was at, with him in a Super Bowl. He's short. He's like a legitimate. 5'11", yeah. six feet tall. He does not look like an athlete. I loved him out of college, though. Yeah, there's guys that have this intangible. Now, I'm not saying—I'm probably going overboard by saying he's going to make you forget about Trubisky. But I feel like there's certain things he does better than Trubisky. I really believe that. I think he's a better point guard or quarterback. Trubisky will hold on to the ball than make Trubisky will scramble in the fourth quarter and get you a key first down. Mm-hmm. Daniel might not do that. But I feel like he could get Tariq Cohen and these guys more involved because the Bears' offense was has looked harmless so far this offseason. Chase I
3: mean, this Daniel pre-season. did a, did adjust on a couple plays yesterday. He hit uh, Tariq Cohen on kind of a breakout streak pattern on the left sideline. And I remember when he, he dropped it in there softly with a great touch. And I remember thinking, man, I don't think Trubisky's making that throw. <laughs> Maybe it's just hopeful thinking when I'm watching Chase Daniel. So, uh,
1: Bears, you said something really interesting on Dan Patrick show that Khalil Mack... Could be the one one defensive player could get into the MVP conversation because he has that much of an impact. I totally agree, but it's not. I feel like it's the Bears, like it, it's Leonard Floyd. I know uh, Roquan Smith didn't play. Uh, Danny Trevathan all of a sudden is amazing. I feel like their whole defense as a whole is like terrifying.
3: Yeah, they're terrifying. But he is by far the leader. Yeah, and they're they are just so good that they let him rest a few plays. I saw him on third and eight, and he was on the sidelines because. They're like, we, we can afford to let him rest a play. Yeah, that's true. He, do, he does seem at this career, point in his career, he reminds me of J.J. Watt four years ago, where he's he's unblockable, and it doesn't really matter what scheme they come up with. And Khalil Mack's going to have a, a four-year run where he's unblockable and will be all pro. But if you look at, if the Bears somehow won 10 games with a mish, mishmash of a quarterbacks, offense, nothing special... Khalil Mack could win the MVP, the league no. MVP. He's, I like, even,
1: he's not even frontrunner for Defensive Player of the Year. That's Shaq Barrett, who's on like flying towards the all-time sack nobody,
3: record. Nobody, even in this room, knows who Shaq Barrett is.
1: Shaq Barrett is like rewriting the record. But, and also, your boy, J.J. Watt, all of a sudden
3: can't be blocked again. He's, uh, he's and Aaron Donald's still ridiculous. But this is Khalil Mack's time in the sun as being the best defensive player in the league. Aaron Donald got his year last year, and but they had too much on offense. Imagine if the Rams had no offense last year. You have to look at this as the story. The Bears' offense; the worse it gets, the better it is for Klemmec. It's like, early.
1: Yeah, I, I hear you. Like, I still feel like there's there because everyone passes all the time. So you have these sack guys. There are going to be other sacks. I mean, Max not going to be in the top five in sacks because he's got so many sacks to share with other guys. It's going to be hard. All right, fair enough. You, hey, yeah, hey you, yeah. <laughs> what else we got before we wrap it up? All right. Um. So you're you're going to argue Trubisky gets a job back.
3: When, Daniel? I do, I do think so. It's not a Gardner Minshew situation because Chase Daniel has no future in the league. All right, there no you go. No offense.
1: Have All right, Paul. Appreciate it. Talk to you later in the week. Later. All right. Always good to check in with our Resident Bears fan, Paul Paps. You know, it's funny. He's, he's definitely a staunch defender of Trubisky. I'm curious over time. In five years, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind him if Trubisky doesn't work out, and I will conveniently forget if Trubisky does play great and work out. Uh, coming up next, our friend Emory Hunt from the Athletic, really smart football mind. He's a he scouts. Uh, he really has an understanding of quarterbacks. He was a running back, but I feel like he understands the offensive game. And I want to evaluate these young quarterbacks to see where they are at quarterway through the NFL season. All right, Emory, I know it was a limited sample size and a tough situation. Are you going to play Dwayne Haskins again in Week Five if you're Jay Gruden in the Redskins?
0: That's a great question because you would like to see him get a full week of work with the with the ones, a full week of worth work in preparing for an opponent, and not just get thrown in there in the second quarter. I think what we saw against the Giants was him having trying to figure things out as far as timing, consistency, and things of that nature with, with the re, group of receivers that he hadn't played with. So I would like to see him get the start, but knowing Jay Gruden, I probably won't get that that, that wish because he's probably going to go with Colt McCoy if he's healthy or go back to Case Keenum. I don't think uh, Gruden really wants this whole rookie quarterback thing to, to work, uh, and he's playing right now to, quote-unquote, save his job. And in his mind, it's best to go with the veteran as opposed to trying to build on the fly with a rookie.
1: So in my mind, the same problems that Haskins faced on Sunday and Keenum faced on Sunday are going to be there no matter who's starting. I don't care if it's Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you were missing Sheriff and Burleyer, and so you have and Trent Williams wasn't there. So three fifths of what is supposed to be your starting line is out. Terry McLaurin, who's your number one, who is a mid-round draft pick, is out. You're throwing, you know, Case Keenum was was totally killed for missing two deep balls, but he's thrown to Trey Quinn. Who is not exactly supposed to be running deep ball patterns? What is there to work with in Washington?
0: That's another great point because you saw both opportunities. I saw Keenum put the ball, put a lot more air on the ball to where you allow your receiver to run underneath it. Quinn just doesn't have that juice, man. And you're right; it was an unfair situation against Keenum because he wasn't playing terribly bad against this Giants defense. It's just that he missed those two deep shots and he pulled the panic button. I pushed the panic button really quickly. And got him out of there. So we're probably going to see Keenum go forward once again this upcoming week. It's just that you're right. The Redskins not only don't have the threats out there on a, in a passing game because guys were missing, uh, but they have no run game to speak of.
1: No, they're the wor- pretty much the worst in the league behind the Bengals in yards per carry, which is surprise. I mean, somebody said before the game, like, you have Adrian Peterson and Vernon Davis is two of your main offense. That's great in 2011. But in 2019, that's like, and by the way, I'm glad you said that. There was a ton of air in both those deep balls. It surprised me that neither Trey Quinn didn't end up anywhere close to either of them. Uh, So what strikes me is I like, I don't think the receivers and the quarterbacks know each other there, Uh, which makes me feel like they have the Patriots, then they have the Dolphins at the Vikings at the Bills. I feel, is there anything, do you believe in keeping a quarterback off the field uh, because it might hurt his confidence to play against a really tough defense?
0: I don't think you have to worry about the confidence part of it more so than the injury risk is almost Mm. like you invested this amount of money into something and you want to make sure it, it has the best opportunity for success. So with that being the backdrop, you're talking about a quarterback, a human being, you want to make sure you get the more, the most bang for your buck. And right now, there's questions along the offensive line there's inconsistency with the receiving core there's no running game to really help ease him into a ball game so maybe now is not the best time to put him out there this is a different situation than what we saw with Daniel Jones going into a situation where the offensive line quietly has been playing fantastic football Uh, the running game was there obviously before Saquon Barkley's injury and the receivers that he was playing with were guys that he played with in the preseason because they were backup receivers So he had played (laughs) and the um, the Slatons and those guys. Now he's going to get to play with Golden Tate. He's going to get to play with Sterling Shepard. So we're going to see him grow in that respect. So in in his case, his situation was more set up for success than it is in Washington.
1: I like Pat Shermer's play calling. In It feels like that's a good marriage, Daniel Jones and Pat Shermer.
0: Yeah, and he's doing a great job of taking advantage of Daniel Jones' athleticism, which I think, is one of the bigger reasons why he's having so much early success. You know, people love to bang on mobile quarterbacks, but let's be honest, it's a reason why you see a lot more mobile quarterbacks starting in the NFL than you did a couple years ago is because they make it an 11-on-11 game. How many times we saw Daniel Jones had no one back there to throw the ball to, but he was able to escape, extend, and get the first down. That right there makes you honor him as a runner and therefore opens things up even more so in the passing
1: game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's almost comical to compare some of the plays that he makes. Eli could never have made even a few of the plays. But really, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Emory, I want to talk about that mobile quarterback issue and evaluate all the first and second year quarterbacks because, yes, you can run, but eventually injury catches up to you. I feel like injury is undefeated. We saw a couple of young guys go down this week. He's not first or second year, but Trubisky went down and Josh Allen went down I, what is, explain to me, and you're you're kind of a big, I feel like you're a big proponent of mobile quarterbacks, but eventually they're going to get hit and they're not going to last for 16 games. Even Daniel Jones, you know, against the Redskins is one thing, but if he runs at this pace all year, aren't you nervous that someone's going to catch up to him?
0: Uh, you're not really nervous. Here's where the, the difference is, and it's the difference between running reckless and not running reckless. For instance, Michael Vick, was a reckless runner. Vince Young was not a reckless runner. Cam Newton is a reckless runner. Russell Wilson is not a reckless runner. RG3 was reckless. Steve Young wasn't reckless. I don't think Lamar Jackson is a reckless runner, but Josh Allen is a reckless runner. Even um, Carson Wentz is a reckless runner. Yeah. If you're reckless, I'm more worried about you as opposed to a guy that's not reckless. The running is not the problem. It's how you run and when you decide to take hits or how do you decide to, you know, uh, get down or get out of bounds or whether you decide to fall forward or, or try to, you know, slide. If you're a reckless runner, you're gonna find yourself getting hurt more often than not. And to use it as an example from the running back perspective, people always think smallest guys are gonna get hurt. We never saw Barry Sanders take an injury. We never really saw Emmitt Smith take an injury because those guys had agility. But we did see Darius Geist get hurt. We saw Brandon Jacobs stay struggling with injuries, and he's 6'4", 270, running the football. So it's not about a size thing either. It's just about how you run with the ball. If you're a reckless runner, regardless of position, you're going to be more prone to getting hurt.
1: Which brings me to my next question. Uh, in the preseason, you told me that Lamar Jackson's going to be the best quarterback out of his quarterback draft class. And so far, the numbers certainly don't lie there. Ten touchdowns, two picks, 109 rating, uh, sort of struggled a little bit the last two weeks. Baker Mayfield won that game, although that was an ugly game, the Cleveland-Baltimore game. Do you uh, do you stick with that, that Lamar looks like the most promising quarterback out of the 2018 class?
0: Absolutely, and that's the reason why I was so high on him coming into the NFL because, again, like I've said before, we never got to see what Bobby Petrino would have looked like with Michael Vick. We saw what it would have looked like because he had a guy that was similar in skill set as Michael Vick and, and Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson was a much more polished passer than Vick was coming into the league, and he wasn't a reckless runner. So we got to see him at his best with a guy that had the same talent as Vick. So I'm not surprised at what we're seeing from Lamar Jackson this year, and we're seeing a guy that's in much more command of the offense because the offense is tailed around what he can do, and this is his first year in this offense, and they have better weapons around him than he did last year. The tight end group is outstanding. They added a better running back in Mark Ingram. They added tremendous talent at receiver with Marquise Brown and also Miles Boykin. So we're seeing the best of Lamar Jackson. It's it's great to see him with this young talent around him too because he's a young guy. And they will all continue to grow together. So I still believe that he's going to be the better one of the two. I mean, of the group because he was the youngest one. He had all of the upside because of his his immense talent and his unique talent, and he has the ability to get better because we saw him do that going from a sophomore to a junior at Louisville.
1: What have you seen in Baker Mayfield so far this year?
0: Mayfield's pocket presence has been something that has been a concern of mine since he was at Oklahoma and I brought this up during his scouting report that I did back on football game plan. When you go back and look at that Georgia game and you saw your highest trophy winner kind of rattled by the pressure. The first time he's faced pressure all season long was against Georgia. They took the ball out of his hands in that third and fourth quarter and relied on Rodney Anderson. Yeah. And you mean to tell me you have a highest trophy winning quarterback in a playoff game. We're going to try to not throw the football, which throwing got you to that point. Um, so when you fast forward to this season, you're starting to see a lot of a little bit of the, that creep back into his plate. You know, you're dealing with pressure. He's leaving, vac- he's vacating um, clean pockets. He's just not seeing the field really well. And it doesn't mean that he's not talented. It's just that, you know, he's becoming more of what he is. I think he's a good quarterback. I think what we saw last year, let's say from a production standpoint, the 27 touchdowns, the 14 interceptions, to me, that's who he's going to be. Um, and that's fine. I think he's more – you know, Jeff Garcia than he is Brett Favre, which is not bad. Garcia had a lot of success in the NFL. I, I think Baker can still be a, a you know really good quarterback for this franchise, get them to the playoffs and, and win a lot of games. It's just that we have to taper our expectations on what we expect him to be because, you know, you may see a wild throw here, you see him celebrate, you see the moxie, and, and everybody wants to say, oh, that's Brett Favre. But, you know, take a step back and realize what he has done, <laughs> what he's capable of doing, and, you know, what he really is.
1: Okay, a uh, quick hit on a couple other 2018 quarterbacks. What have you seen development-wise from Josh Allen and Josh Rosen?
0: One thing I like about Josh Allen is that he's not afraid of pressure. The only thing I don't like is everything else.
1: You know, because <laughs>
0: he still has to improve his accuracy. He's leaving too many big plays out there on the field. But for whatever reason, you like that when the Bills need him to lock in, and go down and, and get points to win the game, he's able to do that. You like that about his game. That keeps him on the positive side of winning football. It's a Tebow formula, but you've seen it with Josh Allen. For Rosen, it's how he handles pressure, and he just doesn't look consistent enough from down to down, game to game. You you hope the light comes on, but right now, I'm a little concerned about Josh Rosen.
1: Yeah, well, is that, how much of that is Miami being so bad?
0: It would be Miami if we didn't see it last year in Arizona. So you got to look at the common denominator, is Josh Rosen. And we saw this, honestly, at UCLA. So he hasn't been what we probably thought he was. We maybe like the idea of Josh Rosen, but when you actually look at it from a factual perspective, he's been the same guy since UCLA. He hadn't gotten better uh, since his freshman year. and We loved him as a freshman because you don't normally see true freshmen come in and do what he was able to do at UCLA, but he didn't get better from that point. And we're kind of still fixated on what he did as a freshman, and that has carried itself over into the NFL.
1: Okay, one more quarterback from that class. It's Monday afternoon. He plays tonight, Mason Rudolph with the Steelers. There's not a lot of excitement about Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. I feel like people are already starting to think, oh, you know what, either Ben will come back or we'll draft somebody. Do You think Mason Rudolph has any chance to be a success?
0: He, You know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be tough for him because I thought he was kind of a product of the people around him at Oklahoma State. And it's funny because he's joined by one of his best targets at Oklahoma State, his teammates, in James Washington. So there's some hope there for him to reconnect with Washington and and rekindle that magic. But projecting him long-term, I don't see much from Rudolph. I think he's a a solid number two and not a number one.
1: Okay, uh, this year's rookies, Kyler Murray. We talked about him in the preseason. Hasn't taken any big hits, as you promised, at least that, that have knocked him out. But I don't, see, and I don't see the excitement. What's the big deal about that offense? Where's the revolutionary offense?
0: And that's where I've been, you know, uh, shocked and surprised. Because you thought, okay, this is the perfect quarterback for the perfect offense, for the perfect coach. They should hit the ground running. But has kept, they haven't looked really good at all. And, it, and it's been inside the red zone you would expect them to at least have plans in place for red zone offense. But in the red zone, they struggled. And that's where you want to see him utilize his dual threat capability. But it hasn't come to fruition. And you wonder what can be the change. Maybe they have to go back to a little bit more of the running game. And to me, if that's going to be the case, it should be Chase Edmonds as opposed to David Johnson. I think – and I've always held this uh, – Perspective on David Johnson. To me, he still looks like a receiver trying to play running back, almost like Kadarius Patterson uh, mm. playing the position. He's not a natural; he doesn't have a natural feel for the running game. I think using him more along the lines of how the Bears utilize Kadarius Patterson, as more of an H back and more of a-, a Swiss Army knife, will probably be better for David Johnson. And therefore, you're giving the guy a chance like Chase Edmonds that can really run the football. That's a really good player, and that can help open up his offense a little bit more. But you're right. Kyler Murray and this offense hasn't looked good, and you just hope that it's just your natural rookie pains and coaching that's going to go through their, their you know, ups and downs and toward the back end of the season, they'll start to kick it into the gear, which leads for a big 2020 for them.
1: Has Gardner Minshew done enough, or can he do enough, to keep Nick Foles on the bench in Jacksonville?
0: Man, he's done a great job of, of being Nick Foles himself, right? Yeah. Um, it's funny to watch him out there compete, and it's a great thing for Jacksonville because, you have Nick Foles who, who can play. He goes down. You think the season is lost. You think you're going to get Blaine Gabbert once again. And in comes Minshew, who has done exactly what you wanted Nick Foles to do and has done so in impressive fashion. I think he has a great chance to really take the reins from Nick Foles and is not being a person of the moment because you look at what he does when the game is on the line. He's able to drive that team down the field and get points. And you like that about his game. The lights are not too big, are too bright for him. The stage is not too big. He's been playing really well, and I'm excited to see what he can continue to do moving forward until Nick Foles gets back, because that's going to be an interesting conversation when Foles gets healthy, if he gets that job back.
1: Okay, I'm going to jump ahead, and I think there's going to be some really interesting situations. You know how the Cardinals gave up on Rosen after one year? You wouldn't think that, say, the Redskins would give up on Haskins or anything like that, but there is a crop of quarterbacks coming. and I know you haven't probably looked at these, but let me read you some quarterback college numbers real quick. Tua Tug 23 touchdowns, no picks. Joe Burrow, LSU, 17 touchdowns, two picks. Uh, let's see here. Um, Herbert in Oregon, I know this off the top of my head, 14 touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 12 touchdowns, one pick, 78% completion percentage. I could go with Sam Ellinger, 15 touchdowns, one pick. Is it? Are these numbers, I feel like, and also uh, Justin Fields at Ohio State, who's not eligible for the draft. These numbers are crazy. I, I don't know... Forget forecasting the Heisman. Are these numbers that are going to excite the NFL? Are we seeing an excellent crop of quarterbacks coming up? Or is defense that bad in the Big 12 and other conferences? I feel like I'm watching a lot of great receivers and a lot of really good quarterbacks in college.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both because you're getting great quarterback play. You're also getting a ton of bad defenses. And one thing that no one is talking about or has talked about the difference, and I brought this up with a bunch of coaches that I've interviewed, the college hash marks makes it very tough to defend the field in the passing game because the way teams now are, are using the width of the field, it just essentially turns every zone defense into man coverage. And these guys are just running free um, on And, it's, you know, especially when you widen the splits of these offensive linemen, now you're really not getting pressure because the quarterback can easily see where the pressure is coming from and he's going to find wide open guys. So the, defending the passing game is tough in college football because of how, far the hash marks are and in the NFL when those hash marks are closer together the, the entire game is played in the middle of the field and if you don't have a quarterback that is able to handle pressure that's where hmm. you see guys struggle so I do think we're seeing good quarterback play but we're also seeing bad defense
1: what do you do with a guy like Jalen Hurts who what you know really didn't to me he didn't look like a pro prospect at quarterback at Alabama but now that he's with Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, he's he's better than Mayfield was. He's better than Kyler Murray was so far. I mean, he's been practically perfect. He's racking up run yards along with his passing. It feels like, and it doesn't feel like he's about to slow down. It's, how do you sort of put him into an NFL perspective?
0: I'm glad you brought him up, Andrew, because when you look at Jalen Hurts right now and what he has done, to me, he is what the NFL should want at the position because mm. he is the most battle-tested, mentally strong, mentally tough, You look at Jalen Hurts and how his Alabama career went. He started as a true freshman, got them to the national championship game, and if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson doing Deshaun Watson things, he would have won that game because he let them down the field for what looked to be the game-winning touchdown. Then he has his issues in the passing game and has to take a step back to Tua tangle who goes and throws that miracle throw in the championship game against Georgia. Come back the next year, and they need him to win that game against Georgia. And he had improved on his passing, making all throws in that championship game when they were down in a critical situation, didn't flinch. So much so we saw Nick Saban come to tears with how
1: impressed <laughs> he was
0: with Jalen Hurts' play. Fast forward to what he did the all season and getting ready for this offense with Oklahoma. And now he's doing great things. But imagine the mental toughness this kid has to have in order to go through what he did, lose his starting job. They needed him to come back in the game and and get them to the championship game, uh, in which they they were able to they ended up losing to Clemson. But talk about that type of mental toughness, the ups and downs of college football, staying focused, and actually improving on his weaknesses. Because I I was like you, know, I was like you know what he kind of looks like a guy that's that's a runner and not much of a passer. So I don't know you know his NFL prospects, but seeing the change he made, sitting on the bench at Alabama, and coming into that game against Georgia and making those throws, juxtaposed what we see this year at Oklahoma, to me, he's number one right now. If I'm looking for a quarterback, I want Jalen Hurts.
1: Wow. Over Tua?
0: Over Tua, because Tua quietly doesn't play well in pressure situations. You know, we haven't seen Tua play well in big games. Plus, Tua tends to run reckless, and he has been hurt. Now, he hasn't been hurt this year, but we haven't seen him play his best football when Bama needs it the most. Again, we may point to the championship game where he threw that touchdown, the game winner. But the play before, he took one of the worst sacks in taking sack history. You don't take that sack in that situation, and he threw two bad interceptions in that ball game. So, hurts to me shows the mental toughness that's needed to play in the NFL at the highest level. He reminds me so much of Dak Prescott and what you
1: see out there with the Cowboys. I love it. Uh, you know, it's so funny with Tua too, he, how many first round wide receivers? Does, I mean, he's got, obviously we know Jerry Judy, but waddle rugs and this guy, Devonta Smith had five touchdowns on Saturday and was running through Ole Miss. Like they were uh, a JV team. So it, it's kind of fun to watch. Um, all right. Uh, before I let you go, any running backs who can break into that sort of let him for net, Christian McCaffrey, uh High first round or first half of the first round, and the one that, the one that stood out to me is Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin. But is there anybody who the NFL? It's early that you think might sort of break the trend and go very high.
0: Yeah, I agree with you with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he could break the FBS rushing record this year in only three seasons, which is impressive because if he goes for another two thousand yards, which looks likely, he'd be the first player since Troy Davis did in the mid nineties. So he's no he's one, but one eight would probably be DeAndre Swift because he has the explosiveness, the elusiveness, and the game breaking ability to hit the home run. So he's Saquon Barkley like in his talent. Um and I see him being a guy that can definitely go top ten because he's such a tremendous running back that also is a great receiver downfield threat in the passing game too.
1: Wow. I you know what I saw a picture the other day, I know DeAndre Swift at Georgia when who is it Gurley, Chubb and who is the other Georgia running back that was there? Tony Michelle. And Tony Michelle were all there. I don't, Do you remember watching that team? I mean, they should have just run every single play. How would you possibly stop those guys?
0: Exactly. That, that was a great uh, group of guys. But the problem is you had guys that were coming in and getting hurt. So, yeah. Oh, right. That missed some time. And then Michelle missed some time. Gurley was the only constant. And you forget who else was there uh, prior to those two getting there. That was a really good running back but had the injuries was Keith Marshall. So, they actually went four deep at tailback at Georgia. Marshall was a game-breaker, and if it wasn't – and I, I thought that he was a better running back than Gurley. They both came in as true freshmen, and they were running neck and neck, and then Marshall gets hurt, tears an ACL.
1: Gurley oh, Gurley takes a
0: job and didn't let go, and so they started to continue to work Marshall in there. Marshall ended up with the Redskins and, you know, was suffering the same injuries with his knee. So they were four deep at tailback. And that's why I think they clearly tell back you honestly.
1: Yeah, I did. I don't remember Keith, but five star. Wow, um, pretty pretty crazy. By the way, Nick Chubb. If I'm the Browns, we were talking about Baker's shortcomings. Feels like that's a guy you want to give the ball to a lot.
0: Yeah, why? That's that's what we were all wondering. Like, why are you not running the football? Nick Chubb was killing the Los Angeles Rams, and he got away from it, and he didn't yeah. get away from it against the Browns. I mean, against the Ravens, and that's what you want to do is run the football. And imagine. Them continue to lean on the running game and also getting Kareem Hunt back. This is going to be a, a very good Browns team moving forward if they can stick with the balance and not try to make it all about Mayfield, but allow Mayfield to be a compliment to what they're going to have in the backfield with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb.
1: Emory, I always learn something from you. If you don't uh, follow him at F Ball Game Plan, great stuff. Uh, you know, it's funny we were both at the Reds. I did not know you were there. I can't believe we were probably. 12 yards away you know who I was sitting next to by the way Doug Williams who worked for the Redskins came and sat next to me and was just sort of looking down was looking depressed about what Dwayne Haskins was doing not that it was Haskins fault but uh, I feel like the Redskins are in a tough spot right now
0: yeah and they put him in a bad situation and Doug Williams is a Dwayne Haskins guy and and rightfully so he's going to be the future uh, you saw him on that first drive lead them down for points, yeah. but then it just fell apart after that. So there's some things they could work on, and I love his his talk after the game, how he was just so upset that he said he hates losing and all that good stuff like that. So I expect a quick turnaround for Haskins when he gets his opportunity.
1: And I thought Haskins couldn't run. I looked up his stats. He ran for 108 yards in 14 games last year. He was running all over the place. He looked great, very more mobile than I thought.
0: That's the myth, man, and and it's funny because it's funny how narratives get shaped and then it it, it you know it starts to carry away or builds up momentum. And yeah, he, he said he could move. He just didn't have to I just and why would you? You see what Justin Fields is
1: doing. Oh, Justin Fields—that's another guy. It's like it looks so easy to play quarterback at those schools. I mean, I know Justin Fields was the number one overall recruit, but it. <laughs> It's interesting. I got to tell you, man, all those young quarterbacks, they better watch their jobs because there are a lot of good ones coming up. All right, Emery, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, man.
0: Appreciate you, Andrew.
1: Man, I love talking quarterbacks. Mario, that was a lot of fun. He's great. He is really cool. He's really smart. I, yeah. And he also, too, he makes you feel like he's he knows more football, but he doesn't make you feel dumb.
2: Yeah. He, it's, like, very easy to consume. Yeah. He's just really easy to listen to.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, because I follow his predictions and his analysis. He's accurate, too. Like, a lot of what he says, if you look at it from a fantasy standpoint, comes true. So uh, Lamar alone. I mean. Yeah, he's known for loving Lamar, and I think he's right. So we're going to keep talking to him throughout the year to see where these quarterbacks go. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you have not subscribed, please do so. Leave a review if you'd like. Yeah. You know, talk about Mario's performance. Yeah. I give him a solid B-plus today. Okay. I take yeah. it. Uh, I give myself like a B. You know, it's a football Monday. I have a lot on my mind. You uh, look
2: like Daniel Jones today, by the way. I saw. Yeah. What's, the, what's the deal with that?
1: Uh, there's. I was around Daniel Jones this weekend. There's just nothing... Noteworthy about him, he looks like a guy who just got off the lacrosse field and is going to his Wall Street job. Yeah, khakis. He's sort of Eli two He's a modern version of Eli Manning. He's as boring as you get. I think teams <laughs> like that about him. Uh, but the York, funny yeah. thing is, you know, he plays with a little bit of a little bit of spice there. Runs the ball, keeps yeah. plays alive. Threw a couple picks this week. Uh, not too bad. Doesn't worry me. I'm on the Daniel Jones bandwagon. As I said earlier, he had the Dak Prescott preseason. If you're perfect in the preseason, sometimes it means something. And Daniel Jones was for real. By the way, <laughs> I mean it helps to play the Bucks and the Redskins. Uh, I think he's going to see some correction. But I'm on the bandwagon fully. I will. I will definitely. Uh, I'm fully responsible for that. If Daniel Jones does poorly, you got to remind me.
2: I will. I All will. right. I'll be in your ear. You should. I think you got your Halloween costume. By the way.
1: Uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh remember a few years ago it was Kirk cousins the vine yeah yeah that that got a lot of a uh, lot of attention but vine no longer exists so nope. uh yeah daniel jones is pretty good uh i could do that i just walk in one day and just flip that on yeah okay man all right thanks for your time talk to you soon